Hello and welcome to the My Fitness Podcast. My name is Mayomi, otherwise known as Mai. Um, I am your coach, bikini fitness athlete and trainer. Hello and welcome to episode four. I hope you are all well. Um, so as usual, I'm going to answer my online coaching clients' questions. So that will be my one-to-one coaching clients and the Dedicate to Eight team. Um, so all clients are able to submit questions into me, which we discuss at the time, but then I also um, discuss them in this podcast format so that others can enjoy and get to learn a little bit more about typical questions that come up round about health and fitness. So we are going to jump straight in with our first question. So our first question is from Tamia and it says, can you talk about stretching? Which is great. It's a good topic to talk about because um, so often I see so many people like in the gym um, who probably have no idea, which is fair enough, um, but like doing like static stretching before they're about to hit their weight session. Um, but you know, studies are conclusive on this, but static stretching before going into a weight training session is not a good idea. Um, and it doesn't mean that static stretching is bad, but it's just not the time to do it before you're about to go into a session and lift weights. The last thing you want to do is relax your muscles in a static stretch. So doing dynamic stretches or mobility movements is different because you're not relaxing your muscles, you're activating them. So you've got to think about what state you're trying to place your body into. If you're going into a workout, you want to wake, you want to wake everything up. So dynamic movements, priming the muscles, mobility is really good for trying to activate everything and getting your body familiar with the movements that you're about to execute and to be able to have strength to recruit the muscles that you're going to use prior to your main lifts. So when you're priming, you're activating your muscles, um, you're connecting your central nervous system to the muscles that you're about to use um, in different ranges of motion, whereas static stretching is like trying to turn off your central nervous system and getting everything to relax and chill so that you can again achieve a better range of motion once your your training session is done. So static stretching is great post-workout, dynamic stretching or priming the muscles or mobility work is great before you work out. If you prime before you work out, you will have improved performance, better muscle activation, better mobility and stability, and better control within your sessions. And then the static stretching at the end of your workout, you'll improve your recovery and your passive range of motion. Your central nervous system will start to slow down and then you can recover faster. So in terms of stretching, what you want to do or what you want to think about is the intention. And this is what kind of determines what kind of stretch you're going to do pre and post workout. Um, so before you work out, you want to light everything up, you want to activate everything, you want to get everything ready to go. This could include foam rolling as well, but you kind of want to be doing more dynamic movements. And then post-workout, you kind of want to relax everything, but you want to also be able to have a good range of motion within um, your muscles also, so you're not too stiff or anything like that. And so that's where the static stretching comes into play. So I hope that helps answer your question. 
if you do have any more questions on that then just please uh, shout me so our next question was uh, from Claudia which says uh, carbs and fats what should be we what should we be staying under okay so there has been some research into whether a low carb or low fat or high carb high fat diet um, helps with fat loss um, what has been discovered is there's a 12-month study where you had a group of people who were on a low fat um, diet and then you also had a low carb group where there was an average calorie deficit of around 500 to 600 calories a day so they didn't have a specific calorie target set but people on average were in a calorie deficit so what they looked at was the impact of being on a low fat diet versus a low carb diet over the 12 months and what they found is that the overall weight change was about 5 kg in the low fat diet and 6 kg in the low carb diet. So no significant real difference in each group. Um, it didn't matter whether people went low carb or low fat um, because there wasn't any real significant difference. So what we can take from this research is that it doesn't matter where your macros come from outside of protein. So whether you choose to go low carb or low fat or moderate carb, moderate fat or some days high carb, some days high fat, it doesn't matter provided you can stick to it and you are monitoring your calories and you hit your protein targets. That's actually what matters. So what I do with my clients, with you guys, is I won't set carbohydrate or fat targets because it's not important unless it's a specific situation where you're um, specific you have like specific health implica implications, you know, it doesn't really matter. So people often think it's a lot complicated than it is, and it's not. What you need to focus on is your calories, so not going over your calorie deficit and hitting your protein target, and then split the rest how you choose. Plus, um, it also gives you a lot more flexibility with your calories and it makes dieting much more enjoyable. Um, if I was to start setting like, carbohydrate um, targets and fat targets for each individual it just makes the process a lot harder when in reality what really matters is you don't go over your calorie deficit and that you hit your protein targets what i will say is it can be a lot easier to diet on lower fat because fats are highly caloric so if you think that one gram of carbs is four kilocalories whereas fats it's over double um so one gram of fats are nine kilocalories um so it can be easy to overeat on fats um but also if you drop your fats a little bit lower you can increase your food volume very very easily so if you're in a dieting phase and you're on low calories um you want more volume so more veg going to keep you fuller for longer um also if i notice that you're um if you're on my team and i notice that you're um you're not hitting your protein but your fats or your carbs are extremely high i will ask you to take down um some of those in order to help you hit your protein target okay but in terms of diets in general such as keto or atkins or cutting out food groups as easy as it is to, to kind of stick to these diets, maybe um, these diets have the lowest success rate in terms of long term adherence. And so even though these diets are very popular in terms of success, they are, they're not that great. 
Um, so, for example, you go through like months of like low carb. The likelihood is at some point you'll probably have a binge eating episode or go crazy on carbs. And even if you're within your calories, that may have an effect on you mentally because you feel like you've messed up and then you've got the mental side of, of dieting or the effects of, of how it can make you feel. So just be mindful of your behaviour um, around the choices that you make as well. And remember that calories and protein are key. Um, the perfect diet for you is going to be highly dependent on what works for you. Um, so you've got the science, yep, science is the foundation, but you have to think about the behaviour too, which will look different for everybody, okay? So you could have the perfect diet, but if you can't stick to it, then what's the point? So in terms of how you split your your macros, um, in terms of carbs and fats, just make sure it's something that you could adhere to. I would say, you know, if, if you want to have some days that are lower carb, higher fat, you know, that's fine. A good mix is okay. I would probably recommend that. But I wouldn't say go extreme one end or the other, in my experience and in my opinion with working with, with many clients. Um, that's, that's the best advice I can give you. Okay, so what I wanted to talk about um, is calories um, and dropping your calories and maintenance calories. Um, I've been speaking to one of my clients um, recently this week about, you know, being on a certain number of calories and then what happens, um, will you need to keep lowering those calories to lose body fat? Um, and then obviously thinking about maintenance calories from there. Um, the m in reality, the more weight you lose, the lighter you become and your calories will need to come in line with that, okay? But then it also does depend on how big your deficit is and your energy expenditure, your output. So some people might be in quite a big calorie deficit on say 1600 calories, which means they may never ever need to lower that calorie intake in order to reach their desired body composition. Their deficit may be big enough that they will stay on those calories and get to where they want to be yeah so when they then get to where they want to be and they're managing those calories fine you then need to think about your maintenance calories which may only be I don't know a couple more hundred calories on top of that I think there's this misconception that if you start your calories low or you're in a, a, a an aggressive calorie deficit that at some point you're going to plateau and then at some point your calories are going to have to be taken down even further but that's not entirely true because if you're in a big calorie deficit and you're dropping body fat, you're still in a calorie deficit. So you may never ever need to change those calories. What tends to happen is people can't stick to an aggressive or bigger calorie deficit. So it's not that they plateau, it's the fact that they get into a cycle of they can't stick to it they can't adhere to it so then they like restrict themselves and then they overeat which obviously means that they're they're on a higher calorie intake than what their deficit originally was set for them um so any good coach in this case will then have to look at increasing your calorie deficit so that you can adhere to it um and that you don't get yourself into the cycle of um, not being able to stick to your calories and then restricting and overeating, restricting and overeating. Um, because one, 
it's a cycle we really really don't want to get you into or you don't definitely don't want to get into and two at the end of the week when you check in it won't have a real reflection of of your of your results because you haven't been able to stick to the targets that you've been given so that's when we think about increasing your calories and making sure that you can you're on a, a calorie deficit that you can adhere to um, in some cases it may mean bringing you right up to maintenance getting you used to adhering to that and then kind of taking it down gradually and slowly again um, so it is very dependent on the person no two people are the same um, you know people may need to drop calories further some will maintain a higher calorie intake it you know it's really dependent on the individual and it's about judging when you get to where you want to be and then looking at where you're going to go from there so don't have the fear of being comfortable on your current deficit and then thinking oh my god you know I'm just about managing with these calories and what happens if, um, you know, they need to drop lower, you know, and having the fear of being on even lower calories because, in all honesty, you may not need to change it as long as you're still in the calorie deficit and you're adhering to it. Um, so unless you're looking to get excessively, excessively lean, you probably won't need to keep dropping your calories. So please don't have that fear and don't worry too much about that. Um, any good coach will help you manage that process our next question is from Flo um, and there's a number of questions within the question um, so I'll read the question out it says how do you gain muscle and keep it how do you lose um, body fat so how do bodybuilders have no fat <laughs> that's funny and how many times um, do you need to train to have a really muscular body um, so I know Flo well um, she's obviously one of my clients and I know what her goal is so basically Flo wants to lose body fat but she also wants to be quite muscular as well um, so correct me if I'm wrong Flo but I think what you're trying to say is how do you build muscle while kind of staying re relatively lean okay so there's two things here to gain muscle you need to be in a calorie surplus and to lose body fat you need to be in a calorie deficit so it takes time to build muscle especially for women so if you're already well trained and you're already doing like most things right and you have some consistency with lifting weights with good programming so progressive overload um, you're looking at around six months to see significant a minimum i say of six months to see significant results um, like i said it takes time to build muscle so being in a slight surplus and focusing on your nutrition and recovery and making sure these things are on point um, so things like meal timings and fueling your workouts and making sure you get enough protein these things take a higher priority when you're trying to build muscle as opposed to losing body fat um, so like I said, to build muscle, you need to be in a surplus. And when you are trying to lose fat, the main determinant of that is being in a calorie deficit. If you start trying to build muscle in a higher body fat percentage, you may find it's a little bit harder to build muscle because you're less insulin sensitive. So insulin acts as an anabolic or a storage hormone. So if you're more sensitive to insulin, that would be better. And to get more sensitive, you would need to make sure your body fat level doesn't get too high. 
um, when you're in a body um, muscle building phase you're going to be in an anabolic so um, in an anabolic state okay because you'll be in a in a surplus um, so sometimes what you'll get is some people will be like oh I'm bulking I'll get as big as possible um, that's not a good idea it takes so long to build muscle that overeating extra calories won't be able to go towards building more muscle it will just get stored as as fat um so you want to kind of stay at a relatively good level of body fat um at least so insulin sensitivity is high enough to stimulate the muscle to grow but what you don't want is you don't want to stay too lean so if you're trying to build muscle um so like you know i've i've done this before okay so i've come out of a show i've been very very lean um and then i go into uh, like a reverse diet to build back up um my calories to go into a muscle um building phase and then i get to like week four or six and then i get a little bit uncomfortable and i'm like nah i don't like this my abs are starting to disappear and you know you can start feeling a little bit uncomfortable you're not looking as lean and as as um, defined and cut as you did before and you kind of well I, I kind of freak out a bit sometimes um, and then you kind of start thinking oh yeah I'm going to start dieting back down again this again guys is not a good idea you will not build muscle by doing that so it's always good to have a long-term view on um, on your goal you do not have to get uncomfortable or put on excess body fat so when you come out of a dieting phase what happens so often is because you've been restricted and you've, you know you've put a lot of measures in place to get to the stage of leanness that you're at um, what tends to happen is you kind of well some people not everybody like they just want to overeat because they've been restricted and you know um their next goal is to kind of build muscle so it's okay if they put on body fat but what happens is they tend to overeat and then they put on too much excess body fat and then they want to restrict and diet down again and then and it's just like a yo-yo effect and it's just really not good um so just bear that in mind you don't have to put on excess amount of body fat to kind of build um muscle yes you'll probably need to be bare minimum maintenance but in a slight surplus and you probably will put on a little bit but not you don't need to put on too much you you have to kind of find that balance where you'll get great results for building muscle but also lean enough to make sure you're staying insulin sensitive and that you feel comfortable with your body the way that it is what i will say though it is difficult to move from fat loss to hypertrophy or muscle building because You'll go from having like a really specific goal of losing body fat and putting all these measures in place to completely switching it around in terms of like behavior and what you're trying to look like. And you just need to start looking at your body and thinking, right, the next time I get lean, I want more muscle here. Uh, or, you know, I want this to look a bit more defined. So, you know, whatever muscle it is, um, in order to kind of get into the mindset of right it's time to grow um you kind of need to decrease your cardio increase your training if it's a specific body part that's lagging behind you may want to hit that muscle group two three times a week um, and you need to feed your muscle and you'd be really really excited about 
growing your muscle um, and you need to train in a way that's going to get you there and you need to eat in a way that's going to get you there and you really need to be excited about your new goal um, it's hard at first but you kind of get used to it so your non-negotiables so the day-to-day -day things that you do in a fat loss phase they still stay the same training intensity should still be as hard hitting your protein hitting your calories your step counts um your nutrient timing will be more of a focus than it would be for fat loss so if building muscle is your goal you want to eat around your training and you want those amino acids to be in your bloodstream to build your muscle to recover your muscle to adapt to the training so it's important you fuel your workouts um don't get me wrong if you'll still get results if you don't but it's probably not a good idea and your results probably won't be as good but nutrient timings um will be one of another focus that probably wouldn't be so much of a focus in in a fat loss um phase but just remember you just don't have to put on excess amount of body fat you you may feel a little bit uncomfortable initially but you'll you'll get used to it after a while um and in terms of bodybuilding and how do bodybuilders like stay lean or keep the body fat off um there's two parts of bodybuilding okay so you've got your competitive season and you've got your off season in your competitive season you're lean or you're leaning down and getting ready for stage when you're in your off season which most people probably don't see you kind of see the end goal um in in bodybuilding and i think sometimes that's why people especially ladies think it's quite glamorous but it's not because you don't see the whole journey you just see the stage part um but bodybuilders will have a minimum a bare minimum of six months in an off season and that will be where they'll be in a calorie surplus they will have um they will not be lean because they won't be able to build good quality muscle being lean um we have some bodybuilders that will not step on the stage for a year two three and um from their previous show because they want to build good quality muscle so you have an off-season stage and this is where you're in a surplus this is your muscle building phase and this is where you're hitting your training your, your nutrition and um, timing comes into play nothing much really changes except that you have more food so your calories are a little bit more higher to help push you through your sessions and to help your muscles grow etc um outside of the off season so depending on how long you take for the off season is your competitive season and that is when you start shredding down the excess body fat that you've put on and stripping away all the layers to see what changes or what muscle growth you've made from the previous season or previous two seasons however long it is that you leave to get to the stage so bodybuilders do put on um, a bit of excess body fat but not too much and that's the key you don't want to overdo it so my suggestion would be get to a stage of leanness and then build from there so I know Flo like I said very well she's one of my clients um, and she still has a little bit of excess body fat to to drop down first before I would recommend her start going into a, a muscle building phase um, but what I will say is for most women who come in and they see me and they say oh you know I want to look more toned and I want to look more defined or I want to grow more muscle so it's not necessarily that they want to grow more muscle what will happen is when you start stripping away the body fat that's there your muscles are going to look more defined and pop more and that's mainly what a lot of women like so it's always good to kind of bring it back down to 
to, to like a, a good starting point. So strip away the excess body fat that's there. See if you like it, see where we need to work, see what muscles need developing more than others, and then building from there, rather than having this excess body fat and then trying to build muscle on top of that. Uh, yeah, that is my best advice in terms of, in terms of that sustaining lean and growing into the muscle phase. Hope that makes sense. Okay, so our final question is from Diamond, and she has asked, why does bread get such a bad reputation? And which ultimately is the healthier choice between white, brown, wholemeal, seeded, 50-50, etc.? I want a nice sandwich sometimes for lunch, but get put off by the stigma. Okay, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know why bread has a bad reputation. And um, what I think it is, probably because it's very easy to overeat bread. Um, we also think that because it's such a huge part of people's diet, when they do decide to cut it out, they see results and then they think that's the key to their weight loss. But in reality, the results have come from consuming less calories rather than less bread. Um, so that's what I think. Um, so bread will not make you put on weight or make you overweight, but it tends to be dense in calories, therefore easy to overeat. And if you're trying to lose body fat or maintain your weight, you wanna try to choose nutrient dense foods over calorie dense um, foods. And then also people will eat um, bread with other high calorie foods such as butter, jam, peanut butter, etc. So again, it bumps up the calories. But bread specifically will not make you overweight unless you're eating it and then it puts you into a calorie surplus or takes you out of your calorie deficit. Um, in terms of nutritional value, um, you wanna go for like brown breads, wholemeal, seeded, because they because of the fiber contents, they're higher in fiber. But if you're getting your fiber and your whole grains from other food sources in your diet and you really like white bread or a bagel or a baguette or whatever it is that takes your fancy, um, then go for it as long as you're within your calorie intake. Um, sourdough bread uh, is a good option as potentially it has been, it's beneficial for your gut. So that's another good option also. But in terms of bread itself, it doesn't make you overweight um, at all. Overeating or overeating the amount of calories you need to stay within your goals is what is potentially going to put you overweight. Um, and then in terms of which bread choices to choose, I would say go for the choices that you like. Um, if you know you're not getting enough fibre in your diet, then yeah, go for the brown whole meals and, and the other breads that I, I mentioned before. So you've reached the end of another episode of the My Fitness Podcast. Please connect with me on Instagram at my.remy. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and share. Thank you again for listening. So the next question is, any tips for emotional eating when stressed, sad, anxious or even angry? So I think this is something that everyone has possibly struggled with um, at some point. And it is a little bit of a tricky one um, to answer. But... Firstly, the reason why people emotionally eat is because they try to numb the feelings that they're feeling. So if you're angry or you're stressed or you're sad, you're trying to numb those emotions. Um, and you have to try something else. 
things that will distract you and I know it's really easy to say and it's really tough but you're you're gonna have to be really hard on yourself like things might be a little bit crappy um but there's no reason really to be reaching in the cupboard and there are other things that you can do such as go for a walk or read a book or you know anything that's going to distract you and prevent you from sabotaging your progress okay um also things like speaking to someone you know call your mate call your mom call call whoever you know journal about it talk to me about it um or if you want to write about it in your check-ins but just let it out because writing it down or speaking about it will help you acknowledge it and hopefully allow you to process it and understand why it's happened um usually emotional eating leads to overeating and when something like overeating happens the last thing you want to do is over restrict yourself so say if you overate and then you think right i'm gonna only eat x amount of calories a day because then it will allow me to be within my weekly calorie average then no definitely don't do that speak to me if you need to tell me message me about it we can discuss it and then we move forward okay you definitely shouldn't over restrict because that's when it turns into the over restriction overeating cycle which is going to make you feel even worse and it's not going to get you any closer to your goal now saving calories is fine so i say to you guys all the time you know if you're going out for the weekends and you want to um save back on a few calories throughout the week and then still be within your calorie average that's fine i don't mind that but when it's reactive then that's an issue and that is something that i really don't want happening um so yeah like i said the best thing to do is try and distract yourself or try and identify um why how you feel just kind of process it in your mind um and try your best to move forward from it by distracting yourself you know going for a walk speaking to your mates anything that's going to prevent you from going into this overeating cycle especially if you know it's going to happen you know you feel that way you know you tend to do that stop yourself in your tracks write it down think about it process it um that's probably the best advice i can give on that